0: We're in the book of Matthew, chapter 2. We got into chapter 1. We finished that last Sunday. We talked about Joseph, who adopted Jesus and named him Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sin. What a blessing it was. We got through the first chapter in two Sundays. Amen. Praise God. I don't know how far we'll get in chapter 2, but it is a dynamic chapter. Let's uh, open our Bibles, please, to the, chapter, the book of Matthew, chapter two. We're going to read the first eleven verses of this chapter, and let's stand just in reverence to God's word. If you don't have a Bible with you, it is up here on the screen. Word of God's always in, always lit up here at the church. Verse one. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king. Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod and the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art thou not the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men inquired of them diligently that what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring him word again, bring word to me again, that I may come and worship him also. Liar, liar, lake of fire. And when they had heard the king, they departed And lo, the star which was saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I want to draw your attention to verse 2, the question that these wise men asked was, where is the king? Where is he that's born king of the Jews? I want to talk about that this morning. Where is the king? You may be seated. This is a really fascinating passage of Scripture. Christmas cards and carols and songs have really got it messed up. First of all, there was not three wise men. And they, you know, I I said I'm going to talk about the three wise guys. There, There was more than three. It was an army that came into Jerusalem. We'll talk about that just a little bit later. There wasn't just three gifts. However, the gifts was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They asked a little boy in Sunday school class, what were the three gifts that they brought the wise men? And the little boy said, I know, I know. They brought gold, Frankenstein, and Smurfs. <laughs> it's amazing how people get everything mixed up. Someone said, what about the Magi? The Sunday school teacher was te- talking about the Magi. We'll be talking about that as well today. And they asked, the Sunday school teacher asked the children, What were these three wise men named? And of course, the teacher had her theology all wrong. What were these wise men named? He said, I know, I know, maggots. Now, we laugh at those things, but we need to understand that without taking the Word of God and studying it and applying it to our life, we get everything all mixed up. We really do. I love studying the Bible. I found myself when I'm reading a different book, I tend to study it instead of reading it. If I get a book that's not, you know, a Bible and I'm going to read a book, I study it. And um, I read between the lines. I say all kinds of things, you know, amen. In the Bible, you can't read between the lines. It's not the story I told the missionary that was running and running. They they were after him to kill him. The missionary gets up on a rock, and the tribe is coming around him. And lo and behold, some roaring lions roared out and scattered the people away. But those lions all the way around that rock, roaring, they're going to eat this missionary. And so the missionary pulls out his Bible, and he begins to read And the lions jumped up on top of the rock and ate him up, all gone. The story is, don't read between the lions. Amen. I know that's corny as corn chips, but hey. Really corny. I want to point out some things. The wise men have a question. And the question is, where is the king? These wise men are not Jews, they're Gentiles. And they're asking, where is the king, born king of the Jews? Where is he? Well, Herod claimed to be king, and notice Herod didn't speak up and say, I am the king. Because this group of people, these wise men that were coming in, were looking for what the Bible declares as the king of the Jews, and Herod was not the king of the Jews. He was a wannabe, but he was really not the king of the Jews. He tried everything he could to get favor with the Jewish people. He had, he had taken in Judaism and claimed to be a Jew, but he really wasn't a Jew. And um, he, um, when this group of people come in, these wise men were quite different than what he was used to seeing. The Bible is very clear that when they decided where the the king of the Jews would be born, according to Micah 5.2, he would be born in Bethlehem of Judea. And the prophets speak of that in verse 1 and 2, that he would be born in Bethlehem of Judea on down to verse 5. And the prophets spoke of it in verse 6, that he would be a leader And that Jesus would be born in the city of David, which is Bethlehem. Bethlehem means the house of bread. Jesus Christ, the bread of life, is going to be born into the house of bread. Woo! How's that for heaven-made bread? And so Jesus is born in Bethlehem. After he's born, he's laid in a manger... And there was an announcement to the shepherds according to the first, uh, first chapter of Luke. And, of course, the shepherds come running, and they worship the baby in the manger. However, Matthew just leaves that behind. He doesn't even mention that. He just says the king has been born. Now, the reason for that is, is Matthew shows us Jesus as king of kings the king of the Jews, the king of kings and lord of lords. The book of Mark has no genealogy because Jesus in the book of Mark is the servant. Servants didn't have a genealogy. Slaves didn't have that. The gospel of Luke portrays him as the son of man. And that's why there is a long lineage in chapter three of Luke as the son of man, Mary's little boy. Then in Saint John, we find Jesus Christ portrayed as the King, as the, as God Almighty, as the Son of God. God robed in flesh. So each writer, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, shows Jesus in a different way, combining stories together. We find that Jesus is an awesome God. Matthew is trying to tell us clearly that Jesus is King. Israel had been out of a king for several hundred years. In fact, they're still out of a king. Prime ministers don't count. They haven't had a king since Zechadiah, and he wasn't really a king of Judah. He was appointed by Nebuchadnezzar. But they haven't had a king since the Babylonian captivity through the 400 years of silence and darkness between Malachi and Matthew, no, heard, no voice from the prophets. And so hundreds of years, Israel has not had a king. Now, not the three wise guys, but an, inc- an incredible tribe of wise men come to Jerusalem. And they're asking the question, okay, where's the king? Herod claimed to be king, but there's two kings here. One of them is wicked and vile. Herod was such an evil person. Herod, Historians tell us that Herod's wife started talking about, she'd kind of like to kind of rule things a little bit. And Herod had her killed. Just had his wife killed. He felt so guilty about it, he built a big tower, and big edifice in her honor because he felt bad about killing her. He had three sons that would come to rise to prominence to take the throne and he killed all three of his own sons. When Herod got ready to die, I don't know, maybe 65, 70 years old getting ready to die and he knew that everybody hated his disgusting guts and some of his intestines too. They hated him. And he knew that if he died, they'd party, they would celebrate that no one would grieve over his death, historical fact. So what he did on his deathbed, he ordered all the most popular men of Jerusalem, all the most prominent men of, of his territory, and he had them put in jail. And he declared that when I die, you kill them all so that there'll be mourning at my death and there'll be sorrow at my death. I I know people say, Well, when, when I die, just you know, celebrate, have a party. Not me. When I die, cry. Celebrate. My goodness. If we're gonna celebrate, let's do it while I'm living, because I enjoy partying. Hello. God so dad, I'm not gonna be buried. I think I'll just be mounted on the wall. Amen. That way you'll always have me. I'll have them freeze a foot or a hand so that when they get real popular and they can do the DNA, they can make replicas of me. And every one of you can have a baby James. (laughs) Mama had one. She loved me. You disgusting people. You you, You wouldn't go for that at all, would you? Amen. The wise men have a question. Where is the king? Herod immediately is terrified and all of Jerusalem is in a panic because it was not three wise men but probably a whole tribe, a whole, probably a whole army of wise men coming into the city of Jerusalem. Probably thousands of people, camels and uh, servants and leaders and Probably looking at thousands of people coming into Jerusalem, and they've come from the um, from Persia, Med-Persia area, and as they're coming into Jerusalem, they've got one thing in mind: we want to find the king, the king of the Jews. Now that brings me to my second point, and that simply is the wise men are wise. Write that down: the wise are wise. That's a dynamic statement. How many know you don't get wise just sitting around eating Fritos and watching football games? Hello. You can get to be a, you can get to be a wise guy, but not wise. But the wise men are called uh, the Magi. The Magi were a tribe. The Magi, and you can study this in your history, historical books and the Magi was a group of people of astronomers, magicians, wise men, people who studied the stars. They were very intelligent and they were called the Magi. They were called the Magi because they came from a tribe called Magi. They came from Persia, the Medes in the Persian area. That's why they came from the east. They saw the star, they came from the east. And they come into Jerusalem with an army. We're talking about an army of people that that Herod looks at this and he's he's really troubled. Because you see, Rome had its enemies. And here comes an army of people that says, Where's the king? And we want to worship the king. Someone says, Well, where do these magi? where did they get their knowledge? They were wise. The Bible says they were wise, uh, wise men. And where did they get their knowledge? Let me share with you some thoughts. The first half of the book of Daniel, when Daniel was taken into Babylonian captivity, Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, and Daniel, they were instructed to learn the, the ways of Babylon, the ways of uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, And they were to study and to learn. You remember when Nebuchadnezzar got in a pinch, he called all the astrologers and magicians and wise men. And Daniel came up with the answer because Daniel was the wisest of the wise. Daniel believed in the living God. In him was a spirit of great power, the spirit of God. Nebuchadnezzar called it the spirit of the gods, but we know it's the spirit of God. And Daniel interprets dreams. He begins to show things to them, and then you know the story: Belshazzar falls, and then you have the Medes and the Persians come in. And the Medes and the Persians were very busy about the Magi. They they were political. You have the kings of Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar. You have the uh, Belshazzar. You have the, the kings of of um, Darius one, Darius two, Cyrus, and then, you, then you've got this Median the Persians. Then you have Alexander the Great coming in and conquering under the Grecian Empire. After that, it falls apart. Uh, the Grecian Empire falls apart. Rome rises up. And when Jesus comes as king of the Jews, he is coming in Roman captivity. Now, I want you to understand something about the Magi. The Magi were those who studied astrology, magic, interpretation of dreams. They were called wisdom people. And Daniel was made president. He was the one that rised above all of them. And so while they taught Daniel the art of of the Magi, while the Magi taught Daniel the the knowledge of, of astrology and the knowledge of of the wisdom of the Magi, Daniel taught the Magi, the wise men, about the coming king, about Jesus Christ. Oh, Daniel didn't know him as that name, but he knew him as the king of, uh, of Judah coming. And so, though Daniel wasn't part of the Magi tribe, some say that Daniel was of the tribe of Judah, I don't believe that. I believe Daniel was of the tribe of Dan. Kind of gives it away. Dan, y'all. Hello. you of the tribe of Dan, y'all. He's of the tribe of Dan. Pretty simple. But though Daniel was not of the tribe of the Magi, he was very influencing, and he taught them the ways of God's Word. And Daniel taught them in such a way that when the Grecian Empire came and conquered the, the uh the known world, the Medes and the Persians, then Alexander, uh, he dies early and four generals uh, received the rest of the kingdom. They're scattered everywhere and in the territory of India and Medo-Persia and that area, that was where the tribe of the Magi rose in prominence. They'd already been taught by Daniel that there's coming a king. And they knew the scriptures And they knew that there was coming a king and that king would be glorious. And so the Magi see a star. Now there's different interpretations. What was the star? You know, Time Magazine, New York Times says a star was a comet. I got a problem with the, the star being a comet. Comets don't follow a certain path and they wouldn't have stopped over Bethlehem. The comet wouldn't have said, well, we'll stop here for a little bit and take a break so the, the, the wise men can catch up. No, it wasn't a comet. Some says, well, it was Jupiter. No, it wasn't Jupiter. I know you hear stories about what the star is. I want you to notice in verse 2 it says that his star, meaning the star of the king, the king's star, appeared to the Magi. The Magi were called king makers. The reason they were called king makers is because they had a political system in the Pesia, uh, not the per, Median and Persian, because that disintegrated. But they, there was little kings here and there in the uh, Persian area, India, Africa area, and there was, king, and even to, to this day, there's several kings in Africa. And so this tribe, of the Magi, teaches. Uh, and and shows the art of their work and their wisdom, and they kind of they kind of decide who really is the king. And they were called king makers. And Herod probably knew that, and that made him extremely nervous. Because this magi didn't come unarmed, they came fully armed. They came on their camels, they came in their horses, they came masses of people coming. And that's the reason Herod was so up in arms. That's why he was so in a tizzy. That's why the people of Jerusalem were so shook up because the Magi had a legend. They, they were legends. There, there was scenes no, there, there about them that had been heard. It was a legend to them. And when they came into Jerusalem, it was no small stir. And Herod being the king, he's wondering what these Magi are looking for. And I think they're looking for the very thing that Daniel taught them. Notice it says in verse 2, we come to worship him. We saw his star, verse 2, where is he born, king of the Jews, verse 2, for we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Now, not only does it say in verse 2, his star, but it also says in verse 9, and when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star, which was... Which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over them where the young child was. And verse 10 and when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Now, let me say real quickly it couldn't be Jupiter, it couldn't be a comet, because this star stopped when it came to Jerusalem, disappeared, when they were in Jerusalem. And then when they began to make their journey into Bethlehem of Judea, the star reappeared and the star led them six miles from Jerusalem to Bethlehem and stopped. Hello. Daniel probably shared with them Isaiah chapter 60. And the Magi probably was very familiar with Isaiah chapter 60. Listen to what it says. Arise, shine, for great light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness, that is in the time of between Malachi and Matthew. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, his glory shall be seen upon thee, and the Gentiles, that's the Magi, shall come to the light, and the kings of the brightness of the rising. That's from the east. Lift up their eyes round about and see all they that gather themselves together they come to thee, thy son shall come from afar, thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side, then thou shalt see and flow together, and, the, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged, because the abundance, listen to this, the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee, the forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee, the multitude of camels shall cover thee, the dromedaries, and the Midian and the ephah all they that from Sheba, shall come, and they shall bring gold and incense, that's frankincense, and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. Now, the Magi were familiar with that verse because Daniel was familiar with that verse. And Daniel told them that a great light would come, and when that light would come, it would be his light and they were to respond to the light and th- this is exactly what you're seeing is the magi coming from Persia, India, Africa area coming in as the tribe of magi following the star to where the king is born i don't know about you the bible says they brought two gifts in isaiah chapter 60 they brought two gold and frankincense but they didn't bring myrrh And that tells me that these wise men were very wise because they knew that the King of kings, the Lord of lords, when he returns to take up his kingship on Israel and returns to planet Earth to be King of kings and Lord of lords, he will not be crucified. He will come not to be spit upon, beaten and abused. He's coming in great power, King of kings and Lord of lords. And the Magi knew that. So the Magi leave out the myrrh. But when they come to the baby Jesus, they include the myrrh. Why? Because the Magi knew that this king would be crucified. They knew that this king would be killed. You say, how do you know that? Because Daniel said he would be cut off. But Daniel said the Messiah would be cut off. And they knew that. And so they gave myrrh for the suffering and the death of Jesus, the king of the Jews. Numbers 24, verse 7, tells us very plainly that there would come a star out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Balaam declared that in Numbers 24, verse 17. The king's star, and I want to point out some things before we wrap up this, this chapter. When you think of Joseph, who was a dreamer, who do you think of? You think of Joseph in the Old Testament. When you think of Joseph as a dreamer, you think of Joseph, Jacob's son, Joseph, as a dreamer. What if I was to tell you that Joseph, the Father, earthly father, who adopted Jesus, was also a dreamer. What if I was to tell you that Joseph had four dreams in chapter 1 and chapter 2? Joseph had four dreams. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, he had a dream by an angel that said, Don't fear to take Mary, your wife, because the one, that, that one inside of her is Holy. Conceived of the Holy Ghost. It was in that dream, the first dream of Joseph, he got the plan of God. And he seen that Jesus was to be adopted and named Jesus. And Joseph knew the Scriptures. And he knew a virgin would conceive and bring forth a son. And Joseph latched onto that because of his first dream. Joseph knew the Scriptures. The second dream, we find it in verse 13 of chapter 2. And it says, and when they departed, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, arise, take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod shall seek the young child to destroy him. So the second dream, Joseph is told, get this boy out of here and get to Egypt. Because Herod had already declared that Two years old and younger, young babies would be killed. The sons would be killed. The boy children would be killed. And so Joseph has a dream. He said, get that boy out of here. Get to Egypt. Then there was the third dream. After Herod died, an angel, verse 19, appeared unto Joseph in a dream again. And he said to Joseph in Egypt, verse 20, arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead, which sought the child's life. And so the third dream God gives Joseph, okay, Herod's dead, go back to Israel, go back home. That's his third dream. The fourth dream of Joseph Is the last two verses of this chapter 2. And when he made his way to Israel, verse 22 says, but when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither, and there notwithstanding, being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. He actually went into Nazareth, Galilee of Nazareth, or Nazareth of Galilee, verse 23, and he came and dwelt in the city called Nazareth, and it shall be fulfilled that which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarite. Now, he suffered because of the fact that he was of Nazareth. Everybody thought that Nazareth was a, bad, low-life place. But he went and dwelt in Nazareth, that it might be spoken of and be fulfilled by the prophets that he should be called a Nazarene. Now, that Nazarene was not a compliment. Now, it may surprise you, but where it says the prophets spoke and fulfilled you know, the, the scripture was fulfilled in verse 23, he should be called a Nazarite. The only problem with that, no prophet in the Old Testament prophesies that. But Isaiah 53 does say that he'd be born out of dry ground, the root of, uh, the, the root of David, Jesse, and he would be despised and rejected. and that's why he ended up in Nazareth, or Nazareth. Now, that was his fourth dream. The Magi had a dream. The Magi were told by Herod, go down. Herod said to the Magi, go down, find the boy, and then come back and tell me so I can run down there and worship the boy too. But Herod is going to kill Jesus. Well, good luck with that, idiot. That wasn't going to happen. And so Herod thinks he's going to kill Jesus, but the Magi has a dream. And God says to to the Magi, don't go back and tell Herod, and they went another way back home. So you have five dreams in chapter one and two, all giving instruction. Now, let me say something real quick. There is millions, not thousands, there are millions of Muslims to this day Having dreams of Jesus Christ and being saved. Turning to Jesus through dreams. You say, well, that ain't Bible. Really? The Bible says, oh, men shall dream dreams. In the last days, according to Peter in chapter 2 of the book of Acts. Now, most of my dreams are just absolutely Bad. But I'm sure that if God gave me a message to a dream, I would know it's from God. I wouldn't just wake up, well, well, that's kind of strange. Well, I don't think the dreams are strange here. I mean, the dream that God gave the Magi was said, don't go back to Herod. That's pretty simple, can you interpret that okay? How many can interpret an angel appearing to, to the Magi and the angel says to the Magi, don't go back to Herod, you wanna kill the child? How about interpreting that dream? Sounds pretty easy, doesn't it? The first dream of Joseph. Mary, go ahead, don't be afraid to marry Mary because she's, what's in her is a virgin. You know, Jesus Christ, she'll, be born, uh, she'll have a son. It's of the Holy Ghost. That doesn't need any interpretation, does it? And when God says to Joseph, get out and get down to Egypt, that don't need no interpretation, does it? And God says, Herod's dead, go back to Israel. That doesn't need no interpretation, does it? So if God gives you a dream, it won't be gobbly the gooby gobbledygooby. You say, well, it was with, you know, the king that had the ears of corn in the time of Joseph. Yeah, but he was a Gentile king. He didn't know God, and he just had an unusual dream, and that brought him to Joseph. And if you're having weird, weird dreams, you're either eating the wrong thing at night or you need to get right with God. Hello. And I'm, you guys are so happy, happy, happy today. Now, what happened when the Magi, they're, they're, you know, they, they're king makers, and they said, we, caught, we saw the king star. So they knew that a star would arise out of Jacob and a scepter should come out of Israel. They knew this. They knew it because of the prophet Daniel. Daniel had taught them because Daniel was the chief of the wise men. He was given that title and he taught the Magi. He said, well, how did the Magi come up with where they're at? Well, remember... Alexander the Great conquered the known world at that time and Alexander the Great gets pneumonia. He dies after a drunken stupor and as he's dying he says, give my kingdom to the, the, the strong and they gave the kingdom of Greece, the kingdom of Alexander the Great to his four generals. They scattered out to different places, Lucis, and I can't remember the other three, but they they scattered out, and they took in the known territory of the Medes and the Persians, India and Africa, et cetera, et cetera. So a tribe rises up from the tribe of Magi, and the Magi, they know about the prophecies of Daniel. They know about the Word of God. So that's why they come storming in Jerusalem and said, okay, where is he? Born king of the Jews. We saw his light. We've been following it for days and months and perhaps a year. We've been following the star. We want to know where the young king is. And Herod gets all the Religious folks together, the scribes, and, the, and those are learning the scriptures and said, okay, tell me where the, the king is. And they said, well, Micah 5.2 says he'll be born in Bethlehem of Judea, the house of bread, the bread of life has come, born, in a... and when the wise men left the city of Jerusalem, the star reappeared and led them six miles to Bethlehem and the light stopped over the baby That's why it ain't a comet. That's why it's not a planet. That's why it's God's light, the glory of God. And they fall down and they worship Jesus Christ and give him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, let me say quickly, the reason they worship Jesus there is because he's king of kings, yes. Yes. And gold is given to a king and frankincense is given to the priest to give to God. And the myrrh is given for those that are suffering and dying. And so the Magi, the, the wise men give gold because Jesus is king. That gold, by the way, would be used to, by Joseph and Mary to go into Egypt and live there for a while. That gold would help sustain them because Mary and Joseph were poor. Let me tell you, friends, if God, if God dumps a pot of gold on you today, don't run out and spend it. There's a reason God's given you that pot of gold. Sit on it for a while because God has a reason he blessed you. People that don't know how to handle money, they get an extra two or 300 bucks. Shoot, they're out of here going to the thrift store, going wherever to buy whatever, going to Walmart, spend it. Did you know that God sometimes will bless you because he sees down the road? And he blessed Joseph and Mary with a pot of gold. No, at the end of the rainbow is not a pot of gold, but the end of God's light there is. Hello? And so the wise man gives him, gives Jesus gold, frankincense. Who gives, a, who gives a baby gold? Who gives a baby frankincense? You don't even want them to play with matches or fire, let alone frankincense. Who gives a baby myrrh? Well, see, the reason the wise men fell down and worshiped him, they were worshiping him. And let me say this quickly. Don't give your gifts to God until first you worship Him. Don't give your gifts to God until first you worship Him. And they came in and worshiped Him and loved Him Then gave Him gold because they knew He's King. They gave Him frankincense because they knew that the priest, He would be a priest, prophet, priest, and king. They knew that He would be a priest and He would be a beautiful, sweet-smelling Savior in the nostrils of holy God. They knew that. And they knew that this little baby was born not to reign at that moment, but later on he was born to bear the sins of the world. He was going to suffer and he's going to die. The Magi knew more about Jesus Christ than the scribes and the Pharisees knew about Jesus. You know what fascinates me? They know the wise men followed the star, followed his star. And here these priests and scribes said, Well, yeah, he'll be born six miles from here. And they don't bother to go. Why? Because they don't care. They didn't bother because they didn't care. They had they were comfortable with their religion, comfortable with their way, comfortable with their life, and they didn't care. You would think that they would go five, six miles to see the baby, but they wouldn't do it. It took Gentiles a tribe of Magi that went there and worshiped the child. And they gave myrrh and worshiped him because they knew that he would die on a cruel, rugged cross. And maybe they didn't know for sure that it would be a cross, but they knew that he would suffer and die for the sins of the world. Look at verse 15. Uh, you have the dream and um, God tells uh, Joseph to take the child out and take him into Egypt. Then after Herod dies, this is actually the, the uh, uh, third dream. No, it's the second dream. After Herod dies, he says, get the child, go back, and take him into um, Israel. Verse 15 says, the last, verse, uh, the last uh, sentence, out of Egypt have I called my son. That is a quote from Hosea chapter 11, verse 1. It is also a quote from God, when he called the children of Israel out of Egypt and called his firstborn out of Egypt, Israel called them out of Egypt and there, a great prophet would arise, and so God takes a full circle, comes back to the Beth, to Bethlehem, the house of bread. Takes a full circle, comes back to the manger, scene. "There, Jesus Christ is laid in the manger, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords." And there, that full circle is made, and God says, "Out of Egypt have I called my son." Is that beautiful? Let me point out something real quickly and we'll be done this morning. The Magi came and of course they were told by God, don't, don't go back to Herod, he's seeking the child. And you know how, what Herod did, he killed all the two-year-olds and down because he wanted to get this Jesus and there was great sorrow and great pain and great uh, tragedy took place. And when Joseph brings him out in verse uh, 22, when he heard that Archelaus did reign with Judah in the Rome for his father Herod, he was afraid and then God gives him another dream and says, well, go down to Galilee in Nazareth. And that's where Jesus got the name a Nazarene. That's where he got the, the, the word of coming from Nazareth. And that's what through a lot of the scribes and, and, and uh, teachers of the law because they said no prophet is declared to come out of Nazareth, but Bethlehem. All they had to do is look back. He did come out of Bethlehem, the city of David. Jesus is of the tribe of Judah. Jesus is of the king lineage, both legally and bloodline. He is king of kings and Lord of lords. And so Jesus, you know, you, you, see it on, you see it on cards and you hear people say, well, when the wise men got there, they fell before the baby Jesus. Actually, that's not true. They fell before probably a one or two-year-old child. He wasn't in the manger. The Bible says that when the wise men got there, they found him in a house. So they found Jesus in a house. He might have been a year old, might have been two year old. And they bowed at the feet of that baby or that child, that two year old or year old. And they bowed before that child and they worshiped him. Isn't that beautiful? So, you know, what? I, I just wanted to, to clarify some things today. I just wanted to share some things with you today that would kind of help you get a good understanding of how we have really messed up the message of Jesus' birth by allowing songs and different, uh, the, the um, uh, buying and selling of, of the time of the birth of Jesus Christ, when we really get mixed up, when the Bible is so simple. Matthew is saying he's the king, Gentiles come from miles away. Takes them months, perhaps a year or better to get to Jerusalem. Gentiles come. They're the Magi. They are of the tribe of Magi. They have been trained by Daniel. They knew the scriptures. They come in because they saw his star. They're the king makers. They were called the kingmakers. You say, well, how could they be called the king makers? Well, let me put it like this. Um, they were, no king could take the throne until that king was skilled and learned by the magi. You say, well, I thought kings just rise and kill everybody and then they're king and then they last long until somebody kills them and somebody else rises and they kill everybody and they're the king. No, in that time of the, 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 the uh, falling apart of the Grecian empire, Rome begins to take its place. There was kings and these kings were subject to People that would assert uh, assert them or uh, bring them into a place of prominence. See, I can't believe that these these uh, uh, magi were uh, king um, planners or king promoters or you know they, they they took care of the king. They were they were king makers. I can't believe that. Let me ask you a question: Isn't our president made by politicians? I wish that wasn't true but isn't our president made by Democrats and Republicans and if that president or candidate for president doesn't comply you might get a bullet in the back of your head going down the convertible you know I just try not to say it but you know what I'm talking about and you, you know these lying, cheating, stealing, politicians to do everything they can to keep power. I said these lying, cheating, blood-sucking, denying, hell-raising, God-denying politicians, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, they've made a mess of our world, and it's time for King of Kings and Lord of Lords to show up and show us how it is done. You preacher, you're going to offend me all. Oh. Hmm. I'll take an Alka Seltzer later on. Poor baby. Y'all, I get offended. Stick around, there's a lot more you can get offended. Hello. Amen. If you're not in the Democratic Party or the Republican Party or a strong and an independent party, you're going nowhere. You're not going to be the president because they're going to train and skill you to be a crook like everybody else. And if they can't train and skill you to be a crook like everybody else, you'll get a bullet in your head or you'll lose the election by some type of fraud. I just say it the way I see it. Amen. Hello, you say. Well, t- they'll take that off of on YouTube. Preacher, the way you're preaching, they're going to take this off of YouTube. Listen, they put everything on YouTube. Come on, <laughs> I mean, they put everything disgusting on YouTube. It's about time that we put something. I, I've watched on YouTube some guy that wanted big hits. I mean, he wanted likes. He wanted to go viral, and he pours gasoline on him and strikes a match. That's got to be the dumbest thing that any human being has ever done. And I guarantee you, when he's in the emergency room, cooked down to his bones, he'll say, Bad idea. Bad idea. Amen. Hello. So, well, you know, Facebook has things we don't want. Well, what do you expect? Who owns it? He said Facebook's perverted. Well, look at the perverted owns it. And well, now you're offending me. Well, I knew if you sit there long enough, I'd get you. It's time we all speak up. It's time we all tell people the way it is. We need the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords showing up. We need to follow the like. We know that God has a much better way to take us home and take us out of here. And when Jesus Christ was given that myrrh, we knew that He wasn't coming the first time to kick things out. He was coming the first time to bring people in and to wash them in his blood. He came the first time to remove our sins. He came the first time to say, God loves you. Jesus Christ came the first time to tell the world you don't have to live in darkness. You don't have to live in sin. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus Christ came the first time to wash away our sins, give us eternal life, to tell us no matter how low you've gone, no matter how bad it's been, no matter what sins you've committed, Jesus Christ can conquer death, hell and the grave and save you from your sins and wash you in his precious blood because he died on the cross of Calvary. He took the myrrh, he was put in the tomb and he rose again from the grave and he kicked the stone out from the tomb and rose again as king of kings and lord of lords and from his finger dangles the keys of death and hell. Where is the king? He's coming. Where's the king? He's coming. Only this time he's not coming back to be spit upon. His beard pulled out. Scourged and mocked and treated cruelly. He's coming back the second time not to have nail put in his hands and his feet coming back the second time not to be abused and to take the myrrh of suffering for the sins of humanity. He's coming back the second time. In Revelation chapter 19, he comes in the clouds of glory. He comes King of kings and Lord of lords. And upon his vesture it's dipped in blood, not his blood, but the world's blood, conquering the, the conquer, And on his head, many crowns and a sword and the power of Jesus Christ coming at King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus Christ is coming! Woo! I love it, don't you? Woo! I'll shout. If you don't, I'll shout. Hello. I know when the State of the Union is given by our leaders, everybody stands and applauds. I want you to know Jesus Christ is coming and we ought to stand and applaud that he's King of kings and Lord of lords. We ought to stand and applaud that our King, Jesus, is coming and he's coming in the clouds of glory. And we'll be coming back with him until then. We'll be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. But King Jesus, where is the king? Where is the king born of the Jews? He's rejected, crucified on the cross of Calvary. He, the myrrh was given, the pot of gold. He's king, he's Lord. The frankincense, the smell of God's glory. And Jesus Christ rose again from the grave. And he's coming back for his church. And we're going to be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. Hallelujah. And we're going up. We're going up. And Jesus Christ is coming down. And he's bringing us with him. King of kings and Lord of lords. Give the Lord a big hand. Give the Lord praise. Give the Lord praise. Woo! Praise the Lord. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. That sure is good. God's come and bring a song. That sure is good. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, the Magi knew. I may not be a Magi, but I know. Where is he, king of the Jews? I may not be of the tribe of Magi, but I'm a Gentile. And I know who the King of Kings is and the Lord of Lords is. And I know who the Messiah is. I may not be, I may, I, before I was saved, I was a maggot. But day, today, I'm a born again child of God. Yeah. Hallelujah! Let's go! Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Woo! I done preached myself happy. Look up here. Look up here. Me happy. Come on, look up here again. Me happy. And I don't mean crazy either. Happy. Now, my question to you today is, do you know the king? Have you made him your savior? Have you come to him and asked him to forgive you of your sin? Have you turned your life to the son of God? Have you repented of your sin? Have you turned to King Jesus? Do you know that he died for your sins and rose again from the grave? My invitation is to you. Would you make your way down here to an altar? You're not coming to me. You're coming to him. You're coming to King Jesus. And I'd like for you to make your way down to this altar today and say I want to declare him as the King of Kings and the Lord of lords in my life. And if you'll ask him to forgive you of your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. As Josh plays and sings, there's still plenty of time. There's time for you to make it. I don't know that there'll be plenty of time next week. I don't know there'll be plenty of time tonight. I don't know that there'll be plenty of time for you to get home. I don't know that there'll be plenty of time for you to get out of this building. But right now, by God's grace, He's given you time in order to bow at the feet of Jesus and offer Him your worship. The gifts can come later. That's up to you. But you need to worship Him before you give Him anything. Altar's open. Josh, go ahead.